269 nights of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you are a fan of stupid jokes or of Magic the Gathering. I feel like if you're a fan of Magic the Gathering, the other just follows. It's not untrue. Yeah, you know. I'm one of your hosts, Megan. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. And on today's episode, we're doing this backwards because I know. usually you say on today's episode. Very strange. Okay, but you're doing it today. You're I doing am it. doing it today. We are going to talk about some of the art that we have seen oh, in these scorch. mini features that they're doing over on Daily MTG, which also tell us a little bit about a specific slice of Kamigawa's past. Yeah. Um, and then maybe hint at something that we'll see in the set itself in Kamigawa's future yeah we've been talking a lot about Kamigawa uh, both the past original block of Kamigawa and the upcoming Kamigawa Neon Dynasty because it's going to be here before you know it previews start on the 27th of this month so right around the corner and then it debuts on arena on February 10th and we want to get you ready because of course it's based Mm -hmm. on Kamigawa sets of the past three sets that happened in the past before we started playing magic so there's a lot of history and lore there and there's a lot of cool new stuff coming up because now we're going to be 1200 years in the future yeah and maria not even talking about the in-plane time difference of a bunch of years in the future (laughs) can you think of another set besides maybe dominaria that it's been longer since we were at it i can't right no like i i legitimately don't know no this there's been a long time period and like we said on our past episode a lot of people said we're probably never going back to kamigawa people thought we never would which is i think why we're doing some of like so much prep work yeah for real (laughs) as we head into kamigawa it's like what even happened back then and you know wizards has been doing a lot of prep work too putting it into this set uh because they hired a cultural consultant to actually make sure they did everything right uh, this time around with kamigawa and they released a world building video if you're interested in that i'll put a link in the show notes we talked about on the upkeep as well but it was super interesting to get a peek into the process of how to build a world and do it right this time (laughs) uh from wizards of the coast so uh that's really cool too what we're also going to do is we're going to have a quiz for you at home Yeah, we're going to look at some of Mark Rosewater's articles about words that they use inside R&D to talk about things and say, how many of them do we actually know? How many of them do you actually know? It'll be a little neat peek into R&D and how they actually do what they do over there Mm -hmm. at Wizards of the Coast and kind of get an inside baseball look on some of the terminology they use when designing and developing cards. Do we know what these words mean? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we don't. But at the end of this episode, you're going to be talking like an R and D designer. I know I just said that like ATM machine (laughs) (laughs) or AI intelligence. You said it correctly. Like R and D designer because it's research and and development, development, not research and and design, design. research and design designer. (laughs) Like research and development. Okay. You're going to be talking like an R and D designer. You're going to be talking like an ATM machine <laughs> beep boop beep boop put in your pin yeah oh that tickles no if it, <laughs> what if what if an atm if an atm <laughs> talked to me like that i would never use an atm again what if it sounded I barely like, use one anyways when you poke the pillsbury doughboy and he goes Ooh. no <laughs> When you typed in your pin, mm-hmm. it would be so uncomfortable it would be really uncomfortable i would not be here for that well other uncomfortable <laughs> Uh, moving away from uncomfortable things, we have uh, 
people to thank before we get started. Yes. First and foremost, our patrons of this show over on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Thank you to every single person who supports the show. Um, and especially to our three newest Yay. patrons, John, Agile Bill, and Mr. Murph. Oh, thank you so much for joining the family, yes. all of you. Agile Bill played in our tournament this past yes, weekend. Yes, in the patron-only tournament that happened this past weekend, which was a great time. It was so fun, and yeah. it's just one of the perks you get for being a patron of Good Luck High Five. You get to play in our tournaments. You get to come to our movie nights. We're doing mm-hmm. one next month. Uh, you get to be in our awesome Discord, hang yep. out and chat with other cool people. Yeah. And the knowledge that you support, art that you care about, and that uh, helps your life be a little bit better. Yeah. And you can become a patron for any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash glhfmagic. So head on over there, become a patron. We've got some exciting stuff coming up in February. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be a good month, albeit a short one. It is a short month, but it's a good month. Yeah. Hey, just because you're short doesn't mean you're not good. Just because Caesar stole some of our days to put them in his month doesn't mean I call February my month because of my birthday month. So yeah, that's no, why I'm using these words. Month. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but even though he stole our days, we can still make those the best days Wait, of the year. Wait, where did he put them? July. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. I mean, I suppose for as far as seasons are concerned, yeah, he put them I in would, a better season. I'll be honest, I prefer <laughs> to have more of July than more of February. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Shipping so fast, you can order in February and get it in February. Yeah, right? I know. Even though it's a short month. Even I mean, though. you'll get it way before the end of the month if you order the beginning of the month. You'll get it so quickly. I tried to make it work. It worked. It worked. Thank you. We love Card Kingdom. They're yeah. such a fantastic place. Um, physically, you can check out their cool stores. Oh, such oh cool my stores. gosh, they're awesome. Ugh. And you can buy mead and play board Someday games. Someday we'll be able to travel again and go there. I know. There are, Someday. Some, what song is that? I wasn't singing a song. Oh. I was, <laughs> you are writing a song. Yeah. Someday we'll get Someday. to go to Card Kingdom stores. Oh, and, but that's what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Someday over the rainbow. And be in those beautiful stores once again. Yeah. Uh, they're fabulous places. Um, and if you can't go, you can buy cool stuff from them. Mm-hmm. They've got so much cool stuff. Excellent customer service. Super fast shipping. Just the best place to go for all of your magical needs. All right, Maria. It's time for our Scryfall random card. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Last week, we got Ooh. the first card that we had actually already seen in our yeah. magical life with Simic Charm. Um, and that was the first time we ever got a card that we already knew. So that was kind of wild. All right. Here you go. Ooh. What do you see in this art, Maria? Okay. What I see here is an army of models. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the, I mean, wrong. all of these gentlemen are wearing beautiful armor with yes. gleaming swords, and they just look like they stepped off the cover of GQ yeah, <laughs> into this really battle. Do. Yes. <laughs> and there's like a bright white sun behind them, banners. They're charging into war. So this yeah. is obviously a white card. Okay. Um, and this is probably, oh, what's the name of this card? Do I know it? Oh, um, no. Okay, I don't know this card. Okay. I mean, it looks like it could be a card that I know, which is why I say it. the art looks kind of yeah. modern. Um, uh, okay, so the name of this card is Clarion Ultimatum. Oh, Clarion Ultimatum. Jeez, I want to say that this, uh, you know, gives all of your creatures plus two plus one at instant speed and costs two white white. Wow. I mean, all that's right. just a modern pump effect in white. Yeah. But I, from your reaction, I assume I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, ultimatum makes me think it might be a little bit different, though. Yes, because it is, of course, one of the cycles oh, of ultimatums. Like cruel ultimatum. Yes. Um, because it is from Shards of Alara. I didn't know this was a cycle, did I? I don't. I didn't. Wow. Um, but Clarion Ultimatum is the Bant Ultimatum. It's green, green, white, 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 blue, blue. Did not see that coming. For a sorcery, <laughs> choose five permanents you control. For each of those permanents, you may search your library for a card with the same name as that permanent. Put those cards into play tapped, then shuffle your library. That is a lot of money for that. Well, you get five permanents. Okay, yeah, I guess so. I, I thought mean, it was if just you one. have, if you have five, permanents. if you have five, you've got to have five to get five. You have to, yes, you have to have five, and also copies of them still in your library. You, have, right. you must have five, get five. Wow. But, okay. You know. There so you go. that's Clarion Ultimatum. I just am yes. curious from um, Shards of Alaria. If there's a, one of the other ultimatums that you yeah. know came, because we only know about Cruel Ultimatum, which is the Nicol Bolas Ultimatum. Yes. And of course, the ones that came around in Aquaria. Right. Exactly. Like Eerie Ultimatum and Emergent Ultimatum. Yes, of course. Genesis <laughs> Ultimatum. Emergent Ultimatum really making people's lives hard. But here we go. Yeah. So starting, uh, we also have Brilliant Ultimatum. Ooh, this um, is the Esper one. Yeah. White, white, blue, 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 black, black. Remove the top five cards of your library from the game. Game. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. You may play any number of cards from one of those piles without paying their mana costs. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, they could just put give you all the lands. Yep. <laughs> and uh, then well, you're kind you of get told. to pick the pile. I mean, oh, you can see them. I yeah. was imagining it was face down. No, they just put oh. them into two piles and you Oof. get to pick the better pile. That is a brilliant ultimatum right there. Yes, it is. And then we had stuff like violent ultimatum oh, oh yeah that's kind of cool this is a grixis one destroy three target permanents for black black red 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 green green uh, it's jund right or jund sorry yeah, yeah jund wow destroy three target permanents yeah all sorcery. right that's pretty sweet titanic ultimatum um which is the naya one red red green 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 white white until end of turn creatures you control get plus five plus five and gain first strike <laughs> lifelink and trample <laughs> that's my favorite one yeah that just gets the job done <laughs> yeah uh, you and you die. Okay, <laughs> you're okay. dead. I cast this. You're dead. Yeah. Um. Anyways, and like you said, cruel ultimatum. This is the Grixis one. The yeah. Classic. Target opponent sacrifices a creature, discards three cards, then loses five life. You return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Draw three cards, then gain five life. It definitely is of a power level. Yes. It's it. Uh, may, you know. Separate. It kind of like you don't need to do anything extra. Yeah. You don't need to have five creatures in play. No. It's just like it's, here's a bunch of good things would you we just shoved all these good things just into put one card oh, put them all in there yeah so that's why cruel ultimatum probably yeah. has survived the test of time when yeah, these why it's other the ones one you know yeah exactly <laughs> okay the random thing i got for you is not really i'm gonna choose it again because it doesn't count it's a scheme from arch enemy oh my god which like what even what? is that i don't so, even know okay take a look at this okay Oh, okay. I see. Um, it looks like a wizard. I'm trying to right, but it's the front. It's a fish wizard. Okay, look. I'm just gonna say it. It's a fish wizard. Cool. Um, who in one hand is holding like a spear, and his other hand ends in like a weird, like I don't know. It looks like a hammer, but with three points on it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's standing on a rock with a little cloud behind him. How, how so, cute. And maybe maybe he's a wizard, but maybe he's the Pope of Fish. 
That's based on his garments. I don't know why you think this is a fish. Do you I, think this is the eye? Yeah. I think that's the hat. Oh, well, where's his face? I don't know. Maybe under this stuff. But why? I don't. I'm not sure, actually. Well, okay, fine. I'm wrong about it being a fish, but it looks like a fish to me. This... It looks like the Pope of Fish. <laughs> I wish it was the Pope of Fish, honestly. Uh, the name of this card is Dogged Hunter. Okay. Dogged Hunter. What do you think it does? I'm wildly surprised. It's <laughs> a weird card name, honestly. Yeah. Dogged Hunter. Yep. I guess I'm going to think that this is um, a green card, even though that art did not look green. The name sounds green. The name sounds very green. Dogged Hunter. Um, three and a green. Um, when it enters the battlefield, um, another creature you control gets plus one, plus one, and fights a creature you don't control. Okay, very green card you've designed yes. for us. However, this card is white. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Okay. Cost two and a white. It's a one, one. Three mana, one, one, everybody. I've never been more wrong. Creature type, human nomad. Okay. All right. Tap, destroy target creature token. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Nice. Look at that. Oh, do you know what? I've seen this card because if you get it on three in Momir. Oh, like yeah. Bad, bad oh, blue, that's right. I played Momir on Magic Online. Oh, absolutely. You get this card and you're just like. Well, good night. I win. I win. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, it's incredibly powerful, obviously in Momir where everything's a token. This is from Odyssey. Um, Why can I not understand what's happening in this art? Look, I mean, it is human nomad. So it we've is human. There's a human under here, I guess. It's just kind of hard to, I, I mean, maybe the scan isn't very clear. It is kind of hard to tell yeah. what's going on there. Or maybe it's just like their eye. Like you said, like it is like there's something covering the bottom half of their face like this yeah. is fabric over the bottom half of, the, half of their face yeah but that's not enough space that's like it's only revealing their forehead if so i thought this was like their nose you know oh maybe well dogged hunter all right not the pope of fish not but. the pope of fish unfortunately but a cool card in momir and momir is gonna good. be on arena this week everybody yeah so check it out on Sometimes. midweek magic it's super cool format you can't get dogged hunter but no. you can get other big bads which are really fun to play with all right maria let's take a journey to the past but also the ooh, future ooh, ooh, cool so uh, this has been a little series of feature articles on um over on Daily MTG. Yep. And each one talks a little bit about a, a just a tiny slice of Kamigawa history. Great. And then gives us a preview of some art. Oh, in excellent. In the upcoming set. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, with a name of under the, the art. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So the first one is the Kami War, which we talked about a little bit last week. Yeah. But basically, there was this guy... Konda. Um, Who has the hound famously. Yes, exactly. Most famous for, for having hound. a hound. <laughs> That's um, a two-two for but one. But also famous for stealing this item uh, from the spirit realm. Like it was like the so it, they, it always is like the quote-unquote child of Kamigawa's most powerful Kami Okagachi. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so he turned, he, he stole that. Um, he got strength and immortality, but nice. obviously um, Okagachi was like super angry about it. Yes, yeah, so he's he baby napped. Yes, he baby napped. Um, and so 
Okagachi got so angry that it like affected all the other kami so that they like would sporadically appear on the plane. Right. And then rampage and kill a bunch of people. And people are like, what's happening? Yes. So this happened for like 20 years. Wow. Where the kami That's would rough. appear and attack mortals. Um, and no, everyone was like, what's going on? Um, and then Okagachi himself appeared on the plane <gasps> and just went on a big old rampage. <laughs> um, but then, yeah. uh, then uh, Konda's daughter, Michiko, defeated Okagachi and released the little trapped Kami. Um, and, every uh, you know, it was fine. Um, and she also killed her dad, Lord Konda. Wow. <laughs> Hardcore. Wow. All I don't right. Know. <laughs> Baby um, napping and patricide. Exactly. But so we have this a beautiful <gasps> vertical art. Oh, vertical my art, gosh. Oh, As we yes. have seen on sagas. Ooh, yes. So it would make sense. It would we've make been, a lot of we've sense. We've done so yeah. much with the story in this set, honestly. Yes. And where else is this vertical art going to go? It's gorgeous. Um, and this one is titled The Kami War. And it says the art depicted here emphasizes the beauty and terror of Okagachi as he appears through an ethereal veil. Ugh, that's how I wake up every morning. Yeah. <laughs> so the legend of his appearance and impact of his destruction lives on even today as the most pivotal event in all of Kamigawa's history. This art is show stopping. It's really incredible it's like this gorgeous like ethereally like pearlescent white dragon and snakes coming out of a golden cloud yeah oh um, my goodness it's really gorgeous art Ooh, i hope ultrapole makes this in a wall scroll yeah <laughs> hello excuse me hello excuse me hello uh i need this art on a wall scroll thank you <laughs> okay well cool yeah that's a little bit extra backstory about the kami war yeah um, then the next one is the life of Toshiro Umezawa. Okay. Uh, so this, you know, this was a guy, it turns out that remember last, like when I told you about, um, the Reckoners and like the people who went around yeah. collecting deaths, yeah. he had ties to the Reckoners. Okay. Um, so, you know, for in general, he was just like the type of person going around getting into mischief. Great. Doing what he Love feels it. like. Love it. Um, so yeah. Uh he you know, he went and encountered the uh Haidetsugu. Oh who yeah. we know as um we know as the shiny uh, foil that you can open foil. in exactly. almost no packs. <laughs> um and they together formed a group called the Hyos and Reckoners. Um so uh core among the Reckoners tenants was the belief that if one were to cause harm to any member, it would be the responsibility of the others to avenge them. Naturally. Um, so anyways, but eventually he kind of like wriggled out of that. And but they <laughs> it turns out that they survived because we know that they exist. Yes. On current Kamigawa. Yeah, the Reckoners. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because yeah, we heard about them in the last episode, like yes. you said. Um Kato is a member of the Reckoners. And the Umazawa line lives on. Yes. Um, in fact, uh the Umezawa of today of Neon Dynasty Dynasty is the head of the Reckoners. Right. Ooh. So nice. There you go. Some little history tie-ins. And that's the card we saw previewed over the winter break. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Um, so Toshiro Umezawa uh, also became an acolyte of Myojin of Knight's Reach, who is a very powerful kami. And like, if you become an acolyte, then you can access the kami's abilities. Oh. Um, it's like a little symbiotic you know, relationship. Kind of Ren and Seven sort of situation. Oh yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, it's like you're not a host or like nobody's like a host, but you can like, you know, you, you know, you can tap into some of their powers. Do you ever think about how many 
creatures are having a symbiotic relationship on your face. No, and right I now. don't need to. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I just remember it, but you have to forget it. You can't, you can't think about it all the time. Live with that conscious thought in your no. mind. It's in your hair, just to make your hair happen. In your eyelashes. No, let's stop. <laughs> you have to stop. I understand that I added, but it turns out that I wasn't up to the task of like continuing yeah, on. Yeah, it's fine. Stop. <laughs> all right, stopped. The thought um, is gone. Yes. So anyways, he went, you know, he had a lot of shenanigans happen. Great. Um, I love shenanigans. Most importantly, at the uh, sort of towards the end of this all, he got involved in the Kami War. Um, so he helped rescue the princess Michiko. Okay. Um, who then, you know, like later on went on to like also helped rescue the stolen Kami that Lord Konda had and helped uh, Michiko and the Kami communicate. Oh, cool. Um, and helped her free the trapped Kami who later became Kyodai, who like has the connection, the telepathic connection even today with the emperor. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, but in order to help save Michiko and the Kami, um, he used his, he used the powers that he had as an acolyte of the Myojin of Night's Reach. Yep. Um, and she was like quite angry because he didn't ask permission first. And she <laughs> to was use like, her powers. Yeah. And you got asked. Um, and she banished him from the plane of Kamigawa. Oh, what does that mean? Where did he go? We don't know. Oh, okay. But you know, he's but still his progeny lives on. Yes, exactly. Today. And despite generally being kind of like a wandering, maybe kind of ne'er-do-well figure for a while, he ended up helping literally save the plane. Okay, well, that's fine. So, yeah. That's good. Um, and then we have this gorgeous art. Wow. Um, which is The Life of Toshiro Umazawa. And this is beautiful. This looks like, speaking of wall scrolls, this looks like yeah. a wall scroll. Like, it's on that kind of paper. Yeah. It looks like traditional Japanese uh, ink painting with various, this warrior in various states of battle. Yeah. It's really gorgeous. It's ink. Yeah. It looks like ink on paper. Um, yeah. It's wow. really incredible. Again, a vertical. Mm, interesting. So, interesting. Wow. Who knows what's going to happen. Okay. There. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see these as cards. Um, next up is the story of someone that many of us know, Azusa. Lost but seeking? Yes. Oh. Um, exactly. So she was a traveling monk. Um, who belonged to the Order of the Jukai Forest, which is where in the contemporary story, uh -huh. the moon folk is like doing his little shenanigans and then they all have a big confrontation in the forest. Great. With a bunch of, the forest houses a, a bunch of kami or is home to a bunch yeah. of kami in contemporary Kamigawa. Okay. So anyways, um, after the kami war, she wandered around a lot she like all over all of kamigawa Lost she kept seeking yes she she took all of these notes on kind of like all of the different mortal and spirit realms interacting um and so eventually though she was like hey i'm going uh i'm going to go to these mountains and then she just disappeared <gasps> she disappeared forever oh um and no one knew what happened to her but there was um so she was she founded something called the Living Historians, okay. which is cool. Is that just historians who are alive? <laughs> I mean, it's like an order, right? 
Uh, it's like an order of people who have preserved like, stories and history. I would like to form an order called the Living Podcasters. Yeah, I mean, you could, and it's to help There's preserve two podcasts. requirements. <laughs> you be both alive and, and a, a podcaster. podcaster. Yes. Um, so, anyways, a contempt like the. Like later on, a member of the living historians um, got to go into the forest and found her final diary. Oh, and there was it was like only partially complete. And the final entry described lands of ice and frost where trees grow in twisted spirals and strange beasts swim through the snow. And no one on Kamigawa has ever been to this place and no one knows where it is. So no one knows where this was. They're like, did she get to go to the spirit realm? Like, did she travel into the spirit realm and see these things and then come out and write about them? Did she travel to another plane? We don't know. No one knows. Is it Kaldheim she's talking about? We don't know. Nobody knows where she Planeswalking? We don't know. Nobody know. <gasps> oh. um, only that they found her final diary and it had this and everyone's been trying to find where she was talking about that, but they've never been able to. Oh. Um, but they, so the living historians commissioned this kimono that was painted with scenes uh, that have locations and stories in her final diary. And then it's like on display when you walk in um, to, to their, their academy. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I'm glad that nobody has commissioned a kimono based on what was written in my middle school diary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, so that's the art that we have here okay. of Azusa's Many Journeys is this beautiful, like, painted oh, kimono is the art. Look at it's it. It's really gorgeous. I believe yeah. this is a traditional painting as well because I think the artist is selling it now. Wow. I think I saw yeah. that on Twitter. Oh, this is so pretty. Yeah. Um, and I love that it looks like the one that she's wearing in the classic yeah, Azusa's Lost But Seeking art, <gasps> but painted with these gorgeous landscapes that she described. Cosplay it's win. really cool. Yeah, this is this is this is beautiful. Wow. Okay, also vertical. Also vertical. Wink wink. Um, Michiko's reign of truth. So this is the daughter that yes. killed her dad. Uh, yep. But because her dad was a real bad dude, let's be clear. <laughs> All right. She did it to yes. save literally. All of Look, Kamigawa. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta kill your dad. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, anyways, after uh, so after she had to kill her dad and free the kami that he had kidnapped, um, which became Kyodai. Yep. She and Kyodai were like, "We are going to bring harmony and peace to Kamigawa." Uh, but of course, people were understandably real suspicious of just everything at that point, right? Yeah. They've been twenty years of 20 war. Twenty years of war. Um, and so uh, Michiko was like, "Hey." I'm going to tell you, it was my dad that caused this, okay? <laughs> I'm um, just going to be straight with all of you. I'm just going to tell everybody, it was my dad that did this. And so it helped, you know, she just was generally trying to be on the up and up with yeah. people. Um, and, it, you know, some people were like, this is great. Uh, we can be more harmonious with the kami now that we know that it, they were only mad at us because her dad was bad. Yeah. <laughs> bad dad. Bad dad. Bad dad caused kami war. <laughs> um, That's the headline of the newspaper. <laughs> yes. bad, bad dad, dad caused kami war. <laughs> um, so anyways, yes. Uh, and then, so the art on this one is just like, it's a fan. Ooh, like right, you see like this at the bottom and someone fan. holding the fan and it's a paper fan up top. And it's like a painting on the paper fan that oh, this person her. is holding. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so pretty. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't realize yeah. until you explained it. What's this card called or um, art? Uh, Michiko's <laughs> Reign of Truth. Okay, great. So, yeah. Um, very, very pretty. She 
was like during her lifetime she was like i'm not the emperor but later on people were like posthumously they were like She's she was Zambier. she's the emperor yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So, anyways, very cool. She was very much about being like, hey, the only way that Kamigawa is gonna heal is if we're all just honest about what happened. I like her. Yeah. This is a cool character. So, and then the last one that just came out Monday, the Dragon Kami Reborn. Ooh. Um, so <gasps> yeah. This is my favorite art yet. Uh, which is really saying something, but it's incredible. Oh, look at this. So there's like right there are the five dragons of Kamigawa, the five like big, big yes, drags. The legendary drags. <laughs> um and a bunch of them were injured or killed in the Kami War. Um, Yose died, um, Jugen. I died, mean, look, died. they have death triggers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, a bunch of them died. And so, uh, like, without them there to help protect stuff, there were, like, the Oni came and made, you know, trouble. Yeah. Um, so eventually people were like, hey, uh, we're going to do a ritual to res- resurrect uh, Jugen, the green dragon. Um, and Jugen and Ryusei helped, like, fight back this Oni incursion that was happening so anyways um but jugan was like oh hey you brought me back from the dead but (laughs) while i was dead i could tell that something was wrong (laughs) while i was dead i knew something was up yes you know that's the dragon said um and she was like hey i'm not no longer like connected with kamigawa the way i was in the past and it makes sense because kamigawa has moved forward and so we have to move forward so she uh so jugan who is resurrected and ryusei like willingly put themselves inside of an egg with the essences of the other three dead dragons (laughs) whoa all five of them were in an egg and were reborn oh do they still have all their memories or are they like new babies and they don't know anything? I think that they're new babies. Oh. Kind of. Yeah. So the egg was put into the into Boseju um, and then was there for 50 years and then the five dragons were back. Would you egg baby yourself to come back? <laughs> if I felt like the whole world needed me to. Yeah. Otherwise, probably not. Yeah. I mean, this is a question. Like. Yeah. For 50 years. Would you go back with all of the knowledge you have today and be reborn into a six-year-old? Or would you take $10 million right now? (laughs) (laughs) $10 million. I mean, the only right answer is to take the 10 million because I cannot go through all that again. Are you kidding me? You're telling me I have to do the pandemic again? Especially with the knowledge. I'm already doing the pandemic again. We all are. Like, especially with what we know today. Like, of course, you could make more than $10 million. Duh. That's not even hard. You just invest in whatever you want that you know is going to blow up. Yes. But the problem is you have to go back to being six-year-old as uh, whatever age you are now, uh, that seems like a brutal form of torture. Yeah, really awful. You have to sit through middle school math again. No. No, thank you. You have to sit through middle school again. Yeah, seriously. And people are like, why aren't you coming to the dance? And you're like, because I'm 37 years old and that's creepy. It is creepy. You can never, ever date anyone ever again because ever. it will always be <laughs> yes. slightly age inappropriate. <laughs> Wildly to slightly age inappropriate as you get older. Take the 10 million is what I'm saying. Yeah, take the 10 million. Wow, this has been a fa- fabulous look at the past of Kamigawa. Yeah, so anyways, yes, this is this gorgeous art is the Dragon Kami Reborn. Again, of Oof. course, vertical. 
Um, we know that it is the green dragon, Jugen, um, Jugen at the at the forefront. Oh, it's so pretty! Yeah, wow, really gorgeous. She has like antlers now too. If I was reborn, I would like antlers. Oh, just just As a putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, cracking out of their cosmic egg in the heart of the. Tree. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I mean. The, I, we love the art for this set and it just continues to impress us as we see more and more of it. Yeah. Really excited to see how these play out in cards um, with their vertical art. Yeah. Huge fans of sagas in this house. Um, so that's our prediction there. Um, yeah. Wow. So yeah. That's, you know what? I like, you know, I we haven't gotten this deep on yeah. story in a long time and I really like knowing this much. Yeah. Right. Now you can, you know a little bit about the past now. Like going into the new set, I feel like I'm all up to speed on everything that happened. Mm -hmm. And this has been a really cool story so far. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. It's time for a quiz, everybody. So put on your quiz hats and get ready to answer some questions to see if you can keep up with R&D and all of their inside terms they use when designing new sets. Yeah. So the very first one of these came out. Uh, this is called A Few Words from R&D. By Mark Rosewater. Yeah. First one came out in 2005. Wow, blast from the past here. Yeah. Um, so not all of the ones here are still applicable. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a bunch of them that are not, uh, but we're going to go through the ones that still are. Yeah. And see, what do you know about them? Oh, okay. Okay. So should we just go back and forth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'll start out. The Future Future League, FFL, Future Future League, um, which we do know is a league inside R&D where they are playtesting what might be busted decks. Yes. They're trying to make busted decks that might be in future standard, hence Future Future League. Um, so they're not just looking one set ahead, but like multiple sets ahead that we haven't even ever heard of yet. Yeah. So if, you, if you've heard of the FFL, they're you know, really, 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 really important. And they've been expanding the members of this league over the past few years to get more people in their playtesting decks, building decks, experimenting with what they think might be in standard ahead of time to try and catch anything that might be too broken. Yeah. Um, fun fact from the old article, it turns out that it's called the Future Future League because for a while they had the Future League, which looked six months ahead. Oh. And they were like, that's not far enough. Yeah, So they made real. the Future Future League, which looks a year ahead. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I did not know that. The fun, my favorite thing about the FFL is sometimes they'll find decks that nobody ever finds. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll write about them. They'll be yes. like, oh, we found this and when we were playtesting this and like it just never came up in standard. It never happened in standard. And so here's a look at the deck that never was. Yeah. But they can't say anything, which is yeah. also the funniest part. At the time. Part. Not until after it's not gone. Not until after. Wow. Okay, Megan. Do you know what incrementals are? No. Incrementals. Give me a guess on what you think this would be, what this would mean. Um... Like, I would say it means, um, like, the smallest units that they're allowed to adjust anything. Like, oh, like, incrementals. Like, oh, you can make an adjustment of uh, plus one toughness, minus one toughness, plus one power, minus one power. Like, up one, one mana in the casting cost, down one mana in the casting cost. Okay, here's what they say. For each set, R&D gets a certain number of copies of each card for us to use when building playtest decks. This practice started around the time of Mirage, so we don't have any copies of Black Lotus or the Moxes. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's just copies of cards? Copies of cards that R&D right. just gets okay. to use. 
Those are incrementals. Nice for them. So when you walk into R&D, just be like, hey, you got any incrementals laying around? And then they'll just know what you mean. Um, Oh, we know this one. Um, Johnny, Johnny Card or Jenny. Yeah, these are the psychographs, meaning different kinds of ways to group players into different groups and give them a name as to how they like to play the game of magic. Yeah. Yeah. And these are pretty famous because they've been used for a long time to kind of help guide R&D into deciding what kinds of cards to make in a set. Yeah. To make sure they don't forget anything. So Johnny slash Jenny can't even remember what they like. Um, they're the ones who are want to look for a card that you can specifically build around. Oh, okay. They want to build, build something cool around a card. Okay. Great. Also, I want you to look at the computers in this photograph from 2005. <laughs> This is what the pit at R&D look like? Look at these computers. Oh, my God. Look at how big those computers are. Those are giant computers. Those are giant computers with terrible screen resolution. Oof. Incredible. That is a a sad-looking work environment. Yeah. And uh, we also have, you know, the other psychographs like Spike, yeah. who you've, you've heard that one before, I'm sure, if somebody's a Spike. Competitive player. Competitive player. Yeah. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. Timmy and Tammy, I think they like big stuff, big yeah. fun creatures. Anyway. All right, Megan, what do you think? Let me see if I can find one here. <laughs> as fan means. As hyphen fan. This term is short for as fanned. <laughs> okay. Like fanned, like with a fan. This no, like re- as you, like when you fan out cards. Yeah, yeah. That's, but I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this refers to how often a particular subset of cards will show up in an average booster. We usually talk about as fan with regard to the number of cards on average that'll appear in a booster. Oh, interesting. For instance, in a multicolor set, a traditional multicolor cards would have an as fan of 2.3. So that means on average, a booster will have 2.3 traditional multicolor cards among the 15 cards in the booster. The math of ASFAN is important because it helps us figure out how much representation the subset will have in limited play. Wow. Wow. That's super interesting. I did not know that term. Nor that they were, I mean, obviously they were thinking about it, but that's so wild. So Mm -hmm. what's the ASFAN of this? Oh, 2.3. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. What have you got for me? Um, all right. What do you think card crafting means? Card crafting. Yeah. Um, making a card. (laughs) Right? Just making a card, but it's a fancy name for it. Uh, it's a meeting held once a week where design and development dig into crunchy technical issues. (laughs) We'll talk about things like color pie and templating and rules ramifications. Oh. If somebody wants to change something about how we technically make magic day today, this is the meeting it most often gets brought up in first. I would like to change something about how you technically make magic day today. <laughs> Always um, start with a pizza. Oh. That's my offering. That's a lot of in pizza. In the card crafting. Do you think that you're going to always want no pizza? No. I take it back. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Maria's kicked out of the crafting meeting yeah. immediately. Yep. Immediately. Okay, here's another one. Okay. Grand Central Station. <laughs> Grand Central Station? Yeah, why? That's, uh, that's got to be a su- some location in the wizard's building where they meet up. I'm going to say it's where you come in the front door. So if you're like, meet me at Grand Central Station, it means meet me where the entrance of the building. Oh, close. It's the biggest of the meeting rooms. Oh. <laughs> Whatever the biggest meeting room is. It's called Grand Central Station. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
All right, I'm going to quiz you on one of these now. Yeah, okay. Go for it. New World Order. Whoa. What? Yeah. New World Order. Um, NWO. This, this refers to the fact that, um, like, a play environment where they push creatures more and big spells less. Ooh, okay. New World Order. This term refers to a big change in R&D where we started restricting how much complexity appeared at Common. Oh. This was done to make the game simpler for newer players who purchase fewer cards while still preserving the complexity for more enfranchised players. Interesting. The New World Order. Yeah, that's a good guess, though, because they did adopt that. Yeah. You know, it's definitely happened. The shift towards creatures being more powerful in magic. If you go back to early magic, everybody, fun fact, you'll see very, very bad creatures and very, <laughs> very powerful spells kind of flip flopped nowadays. Ooh, how about this one? A saboteur. A saboteur? Yes. Okay. What is this? saboteur doing in magic <laughs> a saboteur means um it's a card that's in your set that is ruining it for all of the other cards <laughs> this card is a saboteur oko thief of crowns is um, a saboteur actually this is slang for any creature that triggers an effect when it deals combat damage to an opponent oh so it like darted in there and sabotage and made some <laughs> their happen. plans oh that's cool yeah. okay so a lot of cards are saboteurs nowadays yeah there are a lot of Honestly. saboteur effects yeah for sure saboteur um all right how about the, okay i'm yeah, gonna give you another one say. here yes <clears throat> oh vorthos that's another psychograph somebody who cares yeah. about the lore what do you think stalking is Stalking with the L. Stalking? Stalking. 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 Um, it's behavior you're not supposed to engage in. <laughs> this is a term for the creature ability, quote, can't be blocked by more than one creature. Oh. It's named after Stalking Tiger from Mirage. Oh. Do you remember Stalking Tiger? No. Three and a green for a three, three cat. It can't be blocked by more than one creature, obviously. Yeah. So that's that was the only rules text on it. Wild. So I did not know that that was kind of keyworded. I'm going to put that in quotes. Yeah. In R and D. Yeah, like they have a they have a shorthand for shorthand. It. That's the word yeah. for it. They have a shorthand for that. So Stalking. these have all had like some. These are all from the older, the two older articles. Yes. That were 2005 and 2016, respectively. Okay. Um. Are you hitting me with one from the from the newer article? Yeah. Okay. Bend. Bend. Um, I'm going to guess bend means when you change only a little bit of a thing about a card before it's released. Mm. It's, um, it's an ability in a color that's not part of its natural slice of the color pie, but isn't undermining that color's weakness. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I would argue, so if it undermines the color's weakness, it's called a break. I would argue that all of the card draw in red is breaking (laughs) what is supposed to be red's weakness. But what's a good example of a bend, I wonder? Um, That's not breaking it, but it's bending it. For instance, what about, like we talked about, you know, like an ability from Chandra, which lets you look at the top couple of cards and cast one. And if you don't, it deals damage to them in red. Yeah. Okay. That's that's, that bend. That's a bend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I like, sorry, I already read this one. Block monster. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something with Defender? block monster i don't know no it's a this is a deck made up of cards from all of the same magic year okay so block that way 
usually connected to a single mechanic. We try hard to make sure that all competitive standard decks have cards from multiple years, such that they will change when rotation happens. If a deck all within one year becomes broken, it will take an extra year before rotation can sure. impact it. So they want to avoid block monsters. <laughs> That's very good. Block monster. Very good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you one here. Okay. <clears throat> How about uh, CQI? CQI. Um, counter quickly and incisively. <laughs> of course, that's what you would say it's a it stands spell for. That just, it's cheap and it gets the job done at counters. <laughs> A notation, so this is a little shorthand that they'll put on a card in a card file to note that it is going to be completely redesigned. Whoa. It stands for continual quality improvement. Oh, wow. That's, That's a rough little shorthand. Yeah. Like, oh. It's you. like such a, like a CQI. Everything. Everything about everything you is going in the dumpster. Going to change. Wow. <laughs> so sad. So oh. sad. <laughs> okay i've got another one for you here okay this one um is fire so you might know that the fire design oh, yeah. is one that they recently had been leaning on as to how they design their cards so this had been their philosophy yeah do you remember what fire stands for um no not even a little bit okay okay wait um f for fun inclusive radical <laughs> what's the e and eggs <laughs> and everywhere <laughs> good guess good guess you got one right uh oh, this, this is an overall r&d philosophy about what are important characteristics for each magic product to capture it stands for fun oh yeah inviting so okay. you're very close replayable oh yeah and exciting oh yeah and a lot Exciting. of people Makes sense. have had problem with this design philosophy yes, because they think it results in cards like Oko Thief of Crows. Yes, or the companions or that the are companions. just absolutely busted. Yeah. And so like, you know, I, I, I believe in the heart behind fire for sure, mm -hmm. but sometimes you can fire a little too hard and then you yeah. get a wildfire. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. If you will. Okay, well, that's a look at some really cool yeah. terms uh, from R&D over the years. We certainly only scratched the surface with these terms. Ooh, yeah, they are a long list. So we can uh, definitely come back and do this segment again in the future yeah, because this has been eye-opening. I learned a lot. Yeah, I remembered what fire stood for <laughs> and immediately forgot. <laughs> what is it? Fun. Inviting. Uh-huh. Replayable. Yep. Exciting. You got it. All right. <laughs> Ask me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, everybody, it's come time to thank Ultra Bro for being one of our incredible sponsors. Yes. And this year, every month, they're doing a color of the month because cool. they have a 12 colors, 12 basic colors. Um, and so starting f f with a fresh slate, uh, January's color is Arctic White. Arctic White. A cool blast of refreshment. I love it. Sometimes you just need to be, you know, like, have you ever seen like a, some of those mansions that rich people have and everything is just white oh, and yeah. gleaming? That's what this makes me think of. Arctic white accessories. Yeah. Um, I would say that the sound of Arctic white is like when you sip some tea and then you're like, ah, afterwards. <laughs> it totally is. That's the sound. 
So uh, Ultra Pro <laughs> has access, accessories, accessories in Arctic White that you can purchase from them. The link is in our show yes. notes. Deck boxes, binders, dice, sleeves, uh, everything that you could possibly want to color match in Arctic White. I've got to say, if everything is Arctic White, like we have in this picture from them, yeah. it looks very chic. It, it looks really nice. And also, if all of your stuff is Arctic White, then you know that it's not dirty and people, you know, you can't, you can't hide it. So, yeah. you know, you know, this person you know that has kept good very care. Clean. Very clean, very beautiful Arctic <sighs> White. The color of diamonds from Ultra Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Good Luck High Five. Yeah, what a time. We had a great time learning yeah. about Kamigawa, learning some cool stuff from the insides of R&D, much like we ripped into that tauntaun when it was too cold out. Wow. <laughs> also, did you know multiple scientists have been like, that wouldn't have worked. Oh, that's so sad. It would have like the, the tauntaun, since it was dead, would have would just have, like, also frozen. But like how, I mean, pretty fast, I suppose, pretty because fast. it seemed pretty cold on pretty Hoth. fast. How cold is Hoth? If I you know. know in Fahrenheit how cold Hoth is, please tweet at us with the hashtag, this is how cold Hoth is. <laughs> pretty sure nobody else Let's is using hashtag, that hashtag. This is how cold Hoth is. I just want to know yeah. how cold Same. is it? Um, yeah, we also, I mean, we've got so much to look forward to mm -hmm. as far as magic is concerned coming up in the next coming weeks, fun events on arena coming up this week. Midweek magic is Momir. Like we said, yeah. this weekend is the mad science event, which yeah. should be pretty cool where you can win crimson vow, eternal night card styles. Nice. And the mass zombies for casting instants and sorceries. I'm all about that life. Who doesn't love bonuses for casting instants and sorceries? What you should be doing anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you want to hear more about all the cool stuff that's happening on Arena, as well as all the other magic news that we just kind of touch on on this show, you can check out our sister podcast called The Upkeep. Mm -hmm. It's uh, 10 minutes or less of magic news every single week. Anywhere you get your podcast, you'll find The Upkeep. We also have it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodluckhighfive. Be sure to check that out. And by one, while you're there, you can check out our sister channel on YouTube, which is GLHF Board Games. Oh, yeah. Where we have board game reviews twice a month. Some real fun reviews coming up. Really cool reviews coming up We've in February. We've got a really fun one in February. Yes, yeah. I'm so excited for that one. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we're so excited with everything that's coming up in Magic. If you ever have anything you want to talk to us about, the fastest way is Twitter. You can follow us at GLHF Magic and we'll respond with a fun gift. That's a promise. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's a promise. That's a promise. That's a promise. Um, And in 10 days, Neon Dynasty previews are here. Wow. I cannot believe it. I know. What's going to happen? We are but two weeks away from talking about them on the show. Oh, weird. Wow. Weird. What is time? We always yeah. say, what is time? Thank you so much to Ultra Pro and Card Kingdom mm -hmm. for being our sponsors. And to everybody who supports us on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. And especially to our newest patrons, John, Agile Bill, and Mr. Murph. Yay. Thank you all so, so much. Um, please consider becoming a patron today. Yeah. We'll see you all next week. Boom! <laughs> <laughs>